What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. I'm Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. Can't complain. You know, super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. A lot of a lot of interesting news on the docket from Doom Patrol getting getting some new life in it, ready for season two. To talking to that new Spike Lee movie, The Five Bloods, to our Avatar rewatch continuing. But you know, getting closer to when movies are going to be back. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Some of those dates are moving around, which I'm not too excited about. But you know, Unhinged still staying strong. I know some AMC theaters are opening up now, so we're getting closer. Closer and closer. Sad to see that uh, one of our favorites is moving. Well, two of our favorites are moving, but, you know, we'll see how it goes in in everything for the long run. But whenever you're ready, man, I'm ready to get started this week. Yeah, we uh, got a few stories to get to, but we're going to be reviewing at the end Avatar per usual and uh, The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. It's going to be lit. Shout out the new Spike Lee joint. But actually, let's get let's get cracking. All right, let's get started. So we got two trailers to talk about. The first one is a show that we reviewed on the podcast, Doom Patrol Season 2. I'm excited. Look, Doom Patrol Season 1, arguably the best television show on the DC streaming service. And this is going to be on DC streaming and HBO Max, I believe. Both of them. Mainly on HBO Max, though, I believe. I think, like, yep. it's, or it's going to come out at the same time on DCU. All right, cool. That's what's up. I think. Lit. All right. Word. Well, Doom Patrol, the new trailer looks dope. We see the new villain like having to do with time or something like like some clock like figure. Uh, and it's also like uh, his his daughter, this evil little girl who's doing all kind of crazy stuff. And they have to come together as a team. We see Cyborg training some of them, uh, training Elastigirl. So that's going to be lit. So, you know, excited to get back into the Doom Patrol universe. I wonder how Negative Man's story is going to progress. Is he going to be in more control of the negative spirit? How's Crazy Jane progressed? Robot Man should be over his daughter stuff, so she, he should be, like, a little more zen, be a little more, like, akin to the Robot Man from the comics. And how are they going to deal with Niles Calder being there? This is this season, Niles Calder is actually going to be here. So it's going to be... An yeah, this is more of, like... Acts. Yeah, team dynamic season of how is the team going to be as like a, a fighting force where last season was all about figuring out who up. they are. Yeah. You know, coming to grips with their own personal issues. Yeah, this is going to be interesting dynamic because like they have their own relationship with each other now and like Calder, they're kind of upset with because if you remember last season, Calder's the reason why they all have these issues. Or why they're yeah, all true. like this. So now that he's yeah. going to be around, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle him being around. And, and all this stuff, what's up with his daughter? Like how he was trying to like prevent her from being this powerful being and like, is she going to be the powerful being? So we're going to see what all that, man. Hopefully we get to the... Uh, I'm I'm ready for the Doom Patrol season where we see them face like the league, the villain league that they fight with like the brain and... uh the old general guy. And then uh, you remember from the teen Titans when they fought um, a last, the masters of evil. Oh, okay. That's who I'm ready for. Cause that's a doom patrol villain. Uh, teen Titans just used them cause it worked real well. Cause of beast boy and whatnot. But I'm interested to see how that goes moving forward, but ready for it. Do you think beast boy makes a cameo? 
Hmm, I could probably I would not. I, probably I not, but I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I wonder if they're trying to build like some sort of dynamic between him and like Cyborg. That would be interesting if he made one. I would enjoy it. They're going to pull out some stops because now they're on HBO. So I want to see what they connect, what they don't connect, and how these things are going to tie together. But ready for doing And how the HBO two? Max fan base reacts to it because it's really kind of its introduction to a, big, a larger audience. Yeah, it's a different – like – it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to see if they like it. But Doom Patrol is a good show nonetheless. So interesting to see what happens yeah. moving forward with it. Yeah, the next trailer we have to talk about is a movie. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3. Or what that, what's it called there? <laughs> yeah, the final, uh, some, final something like, voyage. Something, like, something that. like that, yeah. What do you um, think of this? Looks, are, you, are, are you a Bill and Ted It fan? looks kind of corny, bro. <laughs> oh, no, it's Bill and Ted face the music. Face the music. Keanu Reeves yeah. doesn't have his beard. <laughs> yeah, it, lo- it looks super corny, bro. <laughs> They're going like, it's one of those, these, <laughs> these gods. It's like one of those things where like they push it to a point where they could go to theaters and <laughs> it almost just seems like it would have just <laughs> served to be a streaming, yeah. Like this looks like dude where's my car kind. <laughs> and I love well, that's dude what, where's like, my car. Well that's what like Bill and Ted was in its inception, but I mean now these dudes are so old. <laughs> hey man, there's a generation of people that's looking forward to this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm definitely kind of interested to see how it goes. But it's like instead of Bill and Ted's usual deal is like jumping into the past and this is like going into the future. Yeah, so they can finish their song, which they're never yeah. pro- which facing the music will probably be they never made the song until them in the present make the song. But I digress. That, that, that's just my prediction for what this movie is going to be. I don't think they're going to get the answers they seek in the future. But next up, we got a whole slew of D- Warner Brothers DC news. So first up, Warner Brothers are planning on casting a new Joker for the Matt Reeves trilogy. So not on- last episode, we talked about them get- looking in the future for Bane. They're also looking to give Matt Reeves his own Joker, which I mean, I knew was going to come. We said that if it was going to come, let it come at the second movie, maybe even the third. And this doesn't tell us exactly where it's going to come. I mean, if I'm going to bet, maybe the second, but I would really love it to be the third. Matt Reeves just needs his Joker. He does, like if he's going to do a trilogy. So I'm not mad at this. This is something that I saw coming. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to need to be a, a new Joker in this whole deal, whether or not we use Margot Robbie again in a certain capacity. I don't even know if the Joker in that, that's the thing. We, we don't know enough about the world that Matt Reeves is building that we don't know what kind of Joker we would need to establish. True. Like, would it be a Joker that is more Mark Hamill, um, where we would kind of include a Harley Quinn in that? You know, is it going to be something that's a little bit like Dark Knight that seems a little bit more grounded in realism, which I doubt. Yeah, I doubt um, it that. Especially would after it be, Joaquin would it be, too. Would it be something that's like, a, not campy, but played up more so than we've seen the Joker before? Like, it's, I guess Jack Nicholson would be the closest comparison. But I'm really like hoping a bit for a Mark sinister. Hamill Joker, man, especially since the writers of this script for the Batman, at least for this one, if they're going to move on, they're big fans of the Paul Dini, Bruce Timverse. Like, they're big fans of the animated series. Shout out to uh, Matt Tomlinson. Follow him on Twitter. Super dope follow. He always talks yeah. about it, answers a couple, couple questions here and there. But yeah, no, no man, the, I'm, I'm hyped. The for Joker this. iterations that I've seen, like Nich- Nicholson, Ledger, and Leto, 
they've all been actors that don't have like comedy element to them. What I'd kind of be interested in is if you got someone who could do both. Ooh, that's see, that's oh man, that's interesting. Like, give me somebody because like Adam Sandler could have never been the Joker. Neither, no, 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 no. neither could Jim Carrey. Well, some people would have said but Jim Carrey could have been. I, I, you know, it could be someone that not necessarily we because we're talking about a movie that could come out in like twenty twenty six. Yeah, we may not really know about yet. But what I'm saying is, and I don't mean this person could do it because I don't think he could. But in the same vein as like Ryan Reynolds, where we know Ryan Reynolds can do an action movie, but he also has comedic chops. Uh, you want some? Okay, I, I get what you're saying. You want someone that can have some comedic chops. All right, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I, I can't think of anybody off Rip that could be the Joker, like you said, because of the world. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm waiting to see on that. That's one that I, I don't even want to try casting because it's like. I got to see how the Batman universe looks. I, there's more things that are coming down the pipe before I start thinking about who should be Matt Reeves' Joker. I got to see how the Batman Yeah, I mean, looks. You, yeah, you really have to see how the whole world looks, what kind of vibe that the villain... Because we're seeing... We're going to see a bunch of villains, so we're going to kind of get what that... We're going to kind of understand what that villain community is like, which is kind of really has to... Do they wear suits? A lot to do with who... Do they don't okay. like are they just normal people? Like, we're gonna understand how, like, are they psychopaths? We're gonna get a lot, like you said, for like, how does the Riddler look? How, especially the Riddler, how does Penguin look? How does Catwoman look? Like, and if there's anybody else in between, how, how like, do these people the, interact with Gotham and how does the Batman interpret that? The one I'm the most concerned the one I believe about? the most, okay, is gonna be Colin Farrell. I have no. The only thing about Colin Farrell is how are they going to make him look? Yeah. But I feel like he's going to have he's going to have the voice and the acting chops to pull it off. Okay, like, so the actor you're not concerned with is Colin Farrell, but you are concerned with how he's going to look. The makeup department. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking because I was like, Colin, that's interesting. Like, yeah, Colin Farrell's going to nail it, but like, I don't know how he's going to look. Like, and the look's going to determine how he act because. Bro, that's a whole, like if he starts like being all weird and shit, like no, they shouldn't go that route. But the one I believe the most in, oh man, funny enough. See, I want to say Paul Dano, but Paul Dano could over overact it, but like or under, like you know, I mean, like it's it goes with the same thing I was saying about the Joker is that with the Riddler you have a lot of someone who is comedic you know, and gonna have comedic riffs and like Paul Dan is a serious actor. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we're going we've had the like I kind of want to get somewhere between like the that Jim Carrey one at the low point and then probably something more serious. But like I wanted to be grounded in a little bit but of see, like the Riddler tells like dad jokes. Like the Riddler doesn't tell like like I, I get it for Joker, but see I could see Paul Dano being like this crazy dude who's who's like eccentric, tells dad jokes, but like is all serious about his riddle riddles. Then when Batman tries to fuck with him, he's like he gets all like super dark and like serious mode. I can see Paul Dano pulling it off, man. Go watch There Will Be Blood. I think the one I believe the most in is probably Catwoman, low-key, because I think it can work like Catwoman's easy to do. Like Catwoman is not hard to do. She is very simple. All she has to be is the strong woman who's kind of badass. Well, not not kind of. Who is badass? Who has a little crush on Bruce? She doesn't have to have a crush on, in the beginning of the movie. She can have a crush by the end. And the, the like that's simple to do. And you you saw High Fidelity, right? Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is a great actor. Yeah, I feel like their character in High Fidelity kind of matches to what a Selena Kyle would be like. 
priest pre catwoman -pre -pre like just like yeah. how she yeah no i'm not stressed about zoe kravitz at all it's 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 more so ping how penguin's gonna look and how riddler looks with how he acts so we're gonna, we're gonna see how that goes but next up tenant moves back to july 31st with having a theatrical thing done with inception because it's inception's anniversary on the original tenant date of july 17th Next up, we got Wonder Woman is pushed back to October 2nd. Uh, you want to talk about those pushbacks before we get to the next one? Because the next one's kind of big. Uh, I mean, I think that the tenant thing is a little bit weary for me because like, it makes sad. me think. Well, it just kind of makes me think that there's like a hang up with the movie industry about like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't open up. Like, how are we going to do movies? Maybe we need more time. Like, that's, so that, that's, that's what I think it is, too. That's what kind of worries me about that. And um, Wonder but Wonder they are going to so show the thing is they're doing a theatrical event for Inception where they're going to show a preview of Tenet even more like 20 to 15 minutes of the movie. It's like, bro, why don't y'all just open up with like Christopher Nolan? I get it. He has points well, on the book. The only thing that that makes me think of is that there's a connection. That could be it too, making you refresh your memory, see how that movie were. I I could believe that. That's not that's some that's not in the uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Also, it's like Christopher Nolan has points on the book. He makes money off of the how much this movie makes. So, like, of course, he wants as many butts in the seat. So, I get it. Wonder Woman moving October 2nd, saddening. But, like, it's going to be better for the movie. They're going to make more money in October, I think, than they would have in the summertime. Because, like, October superhero movies do really well. Like, they do movies later. But it's a weird year this year. It's not, like, normal. So, I can't really say that. But something else we got, DC Fandom. Uh, it's a new, it's going to be a free online event held October 22nd and will take place over a 24-hour period starting at 10, 10 a.m. PDT, Pacific Time. Uh, he, uh, the site notes that it will be a global event that promises new announcements from WB Games, film, TV, and comics. Fans can look forward to appearances from the cast and filmmakers in, of shows and movies like The Batman, Black Adam, The Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 1984, Titans, Doom Patrol, Stargirl. I guarantee we're going to get the Suicide Squad trailer because James Gunn is done with that. That's something we're going to get. The, the Batman should start filming within like two to, two to three weeks. So if the Batman, it's filmed 25%. If it films a couple more, we could get like a teaser for the Batman because DC's not going to Comic-Con. We could get a little something. I'm ready for that panel because you know Pattinson's going to be talking. You know Matt Reeves is going to be talking. You know Dano's going to be talking. Suicide Squad, I need the trailer. You know Gunn's going to be talking. I don't want anything from Wonder Woman 1984 because the movie's going to come out in like a week so I, like a, yeah. or like a, like a month. I don't want anything from that. Titans, I need to know what's going on. Doom Patrol, the season should be out, so this should be like a culmination, getting ready for season three. Probably Star a panel. Yeah, probably a panel. Stargirl, I don't give a damn about. And Black Adam, I need news. I just need news, because, like, y'all aren't going to drop in, in 2021. Y'all are probably so, going to I mean, drop in 2021. What do you mean with Suicide Squad? You're saying that's almost ready to go? Well, James Gunn finished filming. It's done. Yeah. Like, like it's crazy that that movie's done and the Batman's not. That movie is finished. So... They have like I expect a trailer for Suicide Squad as something. Uh, I mean that's fair. Because James Gunn's just chilling at his crib right now, just like doing some extra stuff. Like that movie should honestly come out next year before the Batman. I don't know why it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's so long. It's like uh, New Mutants, where it's just like, oh yeah, we finished this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Man, By the way, that movie's never coming out. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know when new music could come out. But Suicide Squad, they just, just release it. <laughs> it's a Disney Plus. Yeah, they should. Yes, they definitely should. Oh my gosh! But hopefully, like since DC's not going to Comic Con, you know, me and you will be watching this. Hopefully, we get some some news to like the Flash movie because Andy Muschietti said some news will be dropping soon. Maybe that's when it's the soon is. Like August is right around the corner. So we shall see what's up with that. But uh, that's all I got on that. The final thing is Batman Soul of the Dragon is currently developing. This is an animated series for an animated movie for a release of 2021. Um, There's no information on the voice cast or the creative team, but here's the story details. Soul of the Dragon will center around the Cape Crusader, Brown's Tiger, Lady Shiva, and Richard Dragon. As the trio come to realize they share a a common acquaintance, the martial arts master that trained them has been missing for a number of years and under mysterious circumstances. When a cursed relic resurfaces, the mystery of their dead master reopens. Batman and his former classmates must face off in the ultimate test to test their martial arts skills to gain control of this dangerous relic. We've seen numerous iterations of this before, whether in comics or animated series. I'm excited for this because this could be something that's really dope with Lady Shiva, Bronze Tiger, Richard Dragon. I'm excited. I always like seeing Batman as a ninja. So going back to his kung fu ways, I'm down for that. But that's all the DC Warner Brothers news that I got. Hopefully we'll we'll keep you guys updated on the DC fandom uh, event that's going to come. But that's all I got for now. Yeah, I don't have much to say on that. Yeah, I guess I would check it out. I've been trying to check out as much of the DC animated stuff as I can. Yeah, no, Soul um, Dragon sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, but going to what Disney is up to, Disney is developing a live-action remake of The Black Cauldron. That's tight. That's what that they is, should be doing. Tight. Like, like over, uh, that should be done before Tarzan. Because we can finally, like we say with Hercules is Disney, sure. we can finally get a good live-action King Arthur. Even though I like the Guy Ritchie King Arthur. I, I'm, a, well, I'm, I'm a sucker for Guy Ritchie movies. different than the Black Cauldron. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Am I, am I tripping go, right go now? Go look up right now. Go look up what, you're, what we're talking about right now. Now you got me, because I, I, I used to always get this. Oh, wait, it is confusing. wait, wait, wait. So, wait, what is the Black Cauldron, bro? Look, what am I looking at? The Black Cauldron, a young boy and a bunch of misfit friends embark on a quest to find a magic item and the ultimate power from a diabolical tyrant. Okay, so the Black Cauldron is not so... Okay, I was thinking a sword in the stone. Mm. You're thinking a sword in the stone. Black Cauldron is... Uh, it's another, like, medieval-style fantasy tale. It, you know what it kind of looks but like? It's still pretty it good. It looks like Fern Gully. Uh, Similar-looking animation, probably. That, that's what I mean, sim- similar animation. But yeah... You know, it's uh, it's pretty close to Sword and Stone. Okay, well, damn. All right, cool. Good for Black Cauldron. Now that now that I say this, I want Disney to do a Sword and Stone remake because that shit is amazing. Yeah, the the villains, the evil Horn King, and they're you know they're trying. To, they're in the land of Prydian. Uh, okay. um, the young man's name is Taryn. He's given a task to protecting Hen Wen, a magical oracle pig. Um, definitely wasn't thinking of this. Yeah, I was, was definitely thinking of Sword in the Stone. Good, good call, Shuby. Good call, because <laughs> that was not this. Okay, good. I mean, it, it gets confusing, but yeah, you know, Black Cauldron is its own deal, but it's also a pretty good little Disney flick. Well, this could be good for Disney because not a lot of fans remember this, as you can tell from this in this conversation we just had. At least fans our age, so we could see, you know. Maybe it birthed a new... It reminds me of like when Disney decided that they were going to do the live action remake of Pete's Dragon and everyone's like, well, I don't know if I remember this. (laughs) Yeah, Pete's Dragon. That was kind of bad. But 
you uh, know, maybe this could work. No, I think it's going to be good depending on how they do it. I don't know if it's going to be like movies or Disney Plus. That's the question. Mm, that, and that I want to watch Artemis Fowl because I kind of want to understand like what that might look like because I'm hearing it's more of a Disney Plus thing. Ooh, okay. Like, so, yeah, I, I, was, like I, I was hoping you checked it out so you could tell me about it. I could not get the girlfriend to want to watch it. She was like, <laughs> I read the I read the story of Artemis Fowl, nothing interested. <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, I'm mad at a fair. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, Illuminati project in development by Marvel. Ooh, that is big. That is big news. The Illuminati is a group in the Marvel Studios that is ran by Iron Man. Don't know how Tony's gonna be in this, but whatever. Tony's in it. Doctor Strange is in it. T'Challa's in it. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Reed Richards is in it. Professor X is in it. Namor is in it. And Black Bolt is in it. Now, assuming that Tony won't be in it, I can assume that Peter Parker may be in the Illuminati. What about Pepper? Nah, nah, bro. This is like some deep cover world crises. Like, these are the people that decide what the, what the hell happens with the world and Earth. Like, these are the people. And like this is some big big shit. Maybe maybe it's Captain Marvel instead of instead of Spider Man. Maybe Captain Marvel. It may yeah. be Captain Marvel. It may be Spider Man that fills Tony's seat. But we know that we already have T'Challa, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards is coming, Professor X is coming, Namor I believe is going to be the villain of Black Panther two. That just makes the most sense because of everything they set up in Endgame with Atlantis and the stuff. Uh, how it's. Uh, Oh man, how how am I forgetting her name? Her name is not Shuri. Uh, I'm looking at her, but I'm whatever. Oh. Gosh, I'm looking at her. Uh, I'm forgetting her name, but whatever. Talking about the the chick from Game of Thrones or not? Uh, no, from, from the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, from the Walking Dead. Uh, but she says how there's un, uh, earthquakes going on underwater by Wakanda that that may have to deal with Atlantis and in um in um Namor. So the Illuminati, that's big deal, but I don't see that coming until like. 2028, like we got to get the X Men in, in Fantastic Four before we get that, and yeah. more, and maybe Black Bolt. So, and I could see in humans being a Disney Plus thing. Sure, what they're gonna try it again? Yeah, but this time Kevin Feige's doing it instead of uh Pearl Pur- Mutter. So, mm. I could see it working. So I, I'm not mad. Um, at the last story is a live action version of Thrawn is also on the way. Apparently, I don't think that's gonna be a series. At the moment, there's just they're just saying too much about what they would do as series wise for me to think that 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 they would make an own series with Ron. But I could definitely see him popping up in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, Star Wars. Dave Filoni's like, but I get it because Filoni's working on this. I, and and I was about to say, bro, is this too many of characters just that they're just popping up? But it's Filoni, so I trust Filoni because Filoni's done it in the past. Filoni's had Thrawn. Filoni's had Ahsoka. He's had all these people in Rebels. Cad Bane and in uh, Clone Wars, he's shown he could ma- manage all these personas where it's not like the movie verse. So if Thrawn's gonna show up in Mandalorian, I'm down with it. If Thrawn's gonna show up in the Ahsoka series, which makes a lot of sense, I'm down with it. Maybe that means we get Ezra. Who knows? Like this is Filoni's playground. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with all of it. Thrawn had a big presence in the Legend novels about post Return of the Jedi. And because he was supposed to be going to these unknown regions with Ezra, maybe, you know, they pop back into it, especially in the Ahsoka deal. But I can see it happening in the Mandalorian, too, you know, with this uh, 
this Moff Gideon, I feel like they could cross paths somehow. You know, That's true. How did Moff so, Gideon get the get the dark saber from Sabine and all that shit? So that's something we're gonna have to good see. Good questions, good questions. So yeah, I think it's possible that we could have that happen. Um, but I think what the Mandalorian would benefit most of is just kind of keeping under wraps till October. Just yeah. Keep all of this shit under wraps and just surprise people. Like yeah. that's what that's what I've been learning more from like some of this stuff. I just I, I like getting surprised more so than some of the stuff that I'm seeing, like going in fully blind. But next up, a live act. This is this this is we talked about this on Anime Talk. This is big news. This is something that can work. I'm intrigued by the studio. A live action adaptation series, American live action series of The Promised Neverland is in development for Amazon. This is huge. Amazon is now stepping into anime live action. This is something that can be amazing if done right. Crystal was worried because of the Netflix live actions and what we heard, like Death Note and things we're hearing from Cowboy Bebop, but when I'm talking to you, you understand this because you've seen a lot of the Amazon work. I'm not afraid because Amazon has shown that they can adapt things from book. The Boys is a legit adaptation that they, they yeah, they change some stuff, but they keep that book and it feels just like the book. The series is done well. It's the, they, don't, they don't try to kitty it. They don't try to change it too much. They just do a little bit of stuff, but they keep the gore. They keep the realism. They keep the world feeling the right way. We've seen with Hannah. Hannah's great. We've seen with Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan's great. The Marvelous Missile Maisel. I think if Amazon accomplishes this, they have a foot in the door for something that could be special. Black Lagoon is alive, is an anime that's waiting to be live action. Trigon is an anime that's waiting to be live action. And The Promised Neverland is the one shown in that I can see be done live action because it's basically cast the Stranger Things kids as orphans. These orphans are inside of this house. The mom is there, who the, the keeper of the orphans. And all of a sudden, one night, this one or- orphan girl is getting adopted. As she's getting adopted, she leaves her bunny. The two, lead, the, the two of the leads go to bring the bunny. When they go to bring the bunny, they see that the orphan girl is cut up. Her arms are cut up. Her head's off her body. And they're all split. They're freaking out. They hide under a truck where the orphan girl is. All of a sudden, these two demons come out and they say they're getting ready to eat the orphan because the place where these orphans live is a farm. It's a farm for these demons. And that is the premise of the story. And my goodness, this is a, this is a story that can be done very well by live action. Not a lot of powers. These kids don't get powers. They, lose, they use guns. Everything is very grounded in the sense besides the demons. That's the only like very theatrical it's, part that they have this is a show for people who haven't like seen the show or you know they give it a different comparison it's kind of like maze runner in the respect where like you got a, a community of kids that are kind of living in this and some of them believe what they're being told some of them like some of know, them don't don't so you know, there's a dynamic of that, but also what's outside the walls. And there's a dynamic you know. of we can't let the mom figure out what we know because then we'll yeah. die. It's 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 very thrilling. It's very horror driven. Season yeah, one, I mean, at least. Season two the, is a different show. <laughs> the sh- the other animes that have been tried to be adapted in live action are so action based that and very fantastical. Very fantastical that makes it a little bit difficult, but like you said, this one being a little bit more grounded in reality. And what I would say about Amazon, uh, their series is that they always feel very professional 
and that there's even the tick which was supposed to be campy felt, felt professional it felt like the, it, the, it, amazon feels like hbo where yeah. netflix it's hit or miss some feel like hbo some feel like cw and that's just the god honest truth with netflix that's why i'm excited about amazon stepping foot in the live action because if they accomplish this netflix is gonna have to watch out yeah yeah i mean like, this, it, this this one actually seems like it could be a good one i would really be excited seems to like see, it can work see it. seems like it can really work yeah i don't know much about rodney rothman's work me neither but we shall see what, what, what happens with this. And I, I have more faith in Amazon than I do Rodney Rothman. Like, like I'm not, I don't think Jeff Bezos and crew are going to mess this up. Even though I know Jeff Bezos obviously doesn't run the, the movie department. I'm just, it was a joke. Yeah. Let me see if I could find something of him. I can't even find him on IMDb, it seems like. Rodney Rothman. Okay. He wrote Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so I feel like we're in good hands. All right, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. That, that's all you need to tell me right there. Um, he he uh, he wrote the screenplays for Spider-Verse, 22 Jump Street. Solid, solid. Too solid. The, t- the TV, some uh, three episodes of the TV series Undeclared, which is actually a pretty good TV series. Um, but that's really it. No misses then. Good for him. Uh, he was a producer on that Andy Samberg show, Pop Star, and for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. No misses! Let's go, Rodney Rothman! I like your work. As long as you don't yeah. say something bad, then we're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, get him to the Greek producer. Solid. Yeah. Um, what's year one? Oh, that Jack Black, Michael Sarah movie. So there's your miss. That, that's the miss, but hey, everybody's do one. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that first... That seems like that's first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Let's see the, the three director credits. Uh, well, Spider-Verse was his only director credit. And uh, so then Provost Neverland, there's going to be a 21 Jump Street spinoff he's going to direct. Okay, cool, cool. But I mean, like, you give me Spider-Verse and I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, no, the, you don't have to say anymore. If that's your most yeah. recent work, then cool, brother. I believe in you and cool. Amazon. That, that, that's yeah, a part. I dig it. That's a pairing that I'm excited for. Cast 11 is Emma. Let's go. She be, let's start filming soon before she's she grows up. She's getting too old, bro. Yeah. <laughs> she's getting way too old. We've got to cast her ASAP. Emma works is between the ages of 14 and 16. Nah, That's what bro, we got to believe. Get a new actress. <laughs> 11, bro. It's over. Let's go. Millie Bobby She's doing Brown. Stranger Things 4. She's got, <laughs> she's got enough on her plate. <laughs> Shoot, cast a new actress. Oh, man. Oh, uh, what about that yeah. girl from uh, It? Is she too old now? Yes. She's probably way too old. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anyway, the next story is that there's some changes to the Oscars. The Academy is setting up a task force to develop and implement new representation and inclusion standards for the Oscars. Uh, they've also decided to return to the 10 picture nominees um, in order to maximize the diversity of films nominated. And they will also implement a quarterly viewing process through the Academy screening room, which is the streaming site for Academy members, making it possible to view films year round in order to broaden each film's exposure. All right, cool. Yeah. I mean, I think the last part is really the best of that because it gives them more opportunity to make sure that they watch all the films. Um, And, uh, the 10 picture thing is a little bit overkill in my opinion, but yeah, it's it, whatever you know, na- I mean, we'll get things nominated for best picture that, you know, we wouldn't usually get nominated for best picture, but I mean, you're not going to win. So it's just like a 
It's like just a participation like a, trophy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm like, what? Uh, uh, the next thing I have on here is there's a new Bachelor, Matt James. Ooh, Rachel Lindsay was mad at this. She has a podcast yeah. with the Ringer. Well, she wasn't necessarily mad at the, you know them casting Matt James, but like the way they because, did it. Well, yeah, the way they did it, and also because like she had just called them out a week ago, and then they made the announcement. You know, my defense for the Bachelor is they probably could have made this decision prior to that. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is they. I wouldn't have expected them to announce the new Bachelor until we've gotten through Claire Crawley's season, which, you know, is still on hiatus. And even in Matt James' interview, he was like, well, you know, I'm excited to be the Bachelor, but I was also excited to meet Claire. So, you know, we'll, uh, he's trying to, like, make sure that people don't detract that, you know, this this lady's got a season before him. But it is going to be good to have, have So wait, uh, is he in her season? He was supposed to be, and now he's going to be the Bachelor, which is kind of, you know... Because the way that they were saying it, like, he was only casted, he was, like, Rachel Lindsay was like, he wasn't in the show, he was only casted because they said he was Hannah Brown, and it was his name's friend. Tyler's friend. (laughs) But he was was cast in the Bachelorette season that just didn't happen. Oh, so we, but we know already now that, like, he he don't win. (laughs) Well, it never happened, is what I'm saying. So, like, he was cast in that season, but that season couldn't happen because of the coronavirus. So is it ever going to happen? No, it's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was almost okay. pointless to have the Bachelor announcement because we still have an entire season of Bachelorette to go through. Yeah, that's... Okay. And, and so, was, like, I feel like... She also said that they should have announced their, like, more of his charity stuff and more of what he was about instead of that he was just a best friend. And what about other guys like Mike? What about other guys like... uh? Well, the thing is with Mike is that at this point, what does Mike even want it? You know, that, like didn't Mike date Demi Lovato? Like Mike's yeah. out here. <laughs> like he's out here doing doing things. So I mean, you know, you know, maybe he didn't need it, but you know, that's true. I liked what Matt James said in his interviews. Like you know, whether or not you feel like this is pandering or whatever, someone had to be the first Black Bachelor, and he's like, well, I'm ready to take it on. So you know, uh, but I agree with Rachel that there's a lot more changes to how. Uh, minority groups in bachelor are seen and viewed and portrayed in the narratives. So um, there is a lot more work to be done there, but I guess, you know, like Matt James said, it's good that you can start making those proper steps. My big thing with my big thing with it is that he was never on a season. So it's just very hard for me to be like, Oh, so we're just going to pluck some random dude off, off the street. Just and I, because, that's like, what Rachel's main thing was. Cause it was like, so we're just getting this guy because he's best friends with Hannah Brown and Tyler. <laughs> Since when has Hannah Brown and Tyler just been bachelor? Like, there's other people. Why don't we go get Nick Val's friends? <laughs> other people from that season. Like, what about what about uh Damari or uh what's that other dude's name? Uh, the dude who cheated on that girl. I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, <laughs> that that clown. When when they were when they were trying to float out the idea of like getting a black bachelor out there and you know I never thought of Matt James because he hadn't been on a season, uh, but uh, you know Mike and I didn't think that he would need it and I didn't really think that Wills was a strong enough character to put no, on there. No, me neither. I fuck so Wills. like so like I don't know. There's Mike was always the choice, man. But uh, it's also like when Peter didn't want to do it. Peter didn't want to do it, and that's why they chose Ari. Peter was supposed to be the bachelor. I don't know which Peter you're talking about. I'm talking about from Rachel Lindsay season, Peter. Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, see, you didn't watch Rachel Lindsay's season. That's when I got, mm-hmm. when I got on. Peter was supposed to be the bad show, but they chose fucking Ari. So, you know, we'll see. Which how trash. Goes. Whatever. All right, let's yeah. get to movie on the rise. But funny enough, nothing's really coming out this week. Not really. Um, there's still some things that you can go check out. I've heard a lot of people like The King of Satin Island with Yeah, Davidson. that's really good. I heard. I need to watch it. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, my guy, Judd Apatow. And Judd Apatow is working with uh, Pete Davidson, so... Yeah, um, there's another show that came out with their season two, Dating Around. It's a reality dating show. Uh, the only thing that's interesting about this season, because I didn't particularly like the first season, but the second season takes place all in New Orleans. So that's been fun. I've been like, oh, I've been to that bar. One of my, uh, my girlfriend's roommate was like, I talked to that dude on Tinder. It's just <laughs> funny to like funny. see something like that on Netflix. Um, but for me, I've been watching a lot of Hannibal. I ended up watching Silence of the Lambs this week and it's because I was really enjoying the Hannibal TV series. Real. That's what I've been thinking about watching Hannibal. So you might get me in there watching it. I watched Cape Fear yeah, this week. What, what's his name? Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen's is, in it. Lawrence Fishburne. They have a good cast. Dude, That's why I'm interested dude in watching Hannibal. Great. Yeah. Yep. So I watched Cape Fear this week, the Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese movie that's freaking crazy robert de niro is a clown in this movie he's basically a southern psychopath that's out of jail because this because nick nolte's character put him in jail well didn't defend him because he raped this girl but he was due to a fair trial per the basis of the law but nick nolte uh hid some evidence and so robert de niro went to jail for 14 years got out and started to learn how to read learn that nick nolte screwed him and was coming out for blood uh, what else I watched? I'm trying to think. Of course, I've been watching Here. American Pickers. Um, anything else? I'm trying to see. Um, you know, you mentioned like when you were looking uh, for new samurai and western stuff that you'd seen the last samurai. Yeah, should I watch it? Yeah, definitely watch the last it's samurai. Long, bro, it's good. People say that, like, you know, they don't like it, but, like, because of the white savior aspect. But I liked it, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for samurai movies. I, I love the, I love that shit. Tom Cruise is a, is a, is a drunken alcoholic. You see Tom Cruise go through withdrawals. He finds a path in the right of righteousness through the samurai, turns on America, and ends up fighting with the samurai in this last war. <laughs> like, shit's crazy. All right. Well, yeah, I'll probably try and check it out. It's just like whenever I see a two and a half hour thing, I just don't know if I can do it. No, I get it. Trust, trust. I get like, it. Like I was I was worried that I wasn't gonna make it through the five bloods, but luckily it was good so good. That's the thing, man. These some of these movies that are two and a half, it's like, oof, y'all are long. But like you said, some of them work out. Like Cape Fear, didn't know if I was gonna get through it, but I got through it. It was good enough. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I've been watching to hit people up, tell them that to check out. Watch the new season of F is Family, the Bill Burr uh, comedy. That's pretty good. I'm always into an, an adult comedy. Oh, shit. Netflix. Bro, Netflix copied Naked and Afraid. With what? <laughs> With Alone. It's Alone and basically in the wilderness. And like, it's like these group of people, I'm guessing. It's like, that's the only difference. They kind of did like this, this, uh... It's kind of similar to Naked and Afraid when it's a big group. Well, I, but I haven't gotten past like the second episode, so I'm not really sure if it's a big, if it's like a big group or just so far the same group of people are in it. But they go and they stay in these situations alone. They stay in like these things, but they have gear. They're not naked, and they can just. And it's about them surviving. And if they survived, I think they win some money. But yeah, it's called Alone. I've been watching that low key. That's my shit. Oh, it's a History Channel show? Yeah, it's basically Netflix copying 
naked and afraid. Interesting. Yep. So it's a competition reality show. All right. Check it out if you like naked and afraid. How many seasons do they have? Netflix? They just have one. Okay, because like I'm seeing like it goes all the way up to season six. Oh shit! Uh, it's a it's a Not- British it's a British Vancouver show. Well, it, it's American in net in Netflix right now. Interesting, but yeah, uh, I have to check that out. Yeah, check it out. See what you think alone. But that's all, right. all I got this week. Where we starting off with Avatar? We starting off with the Five Bloods. Uh, we'll do Avatar. Um, we got f- four really good episodes. Uh, the first one is the Blue Spirit, which Lyndon's been waiting to talk about for like weeks now. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been waiting to talk about the Blue Spirit, man. It's probably the mo- one of the most important episodes of book book uh book one. Pretty much. Uh, I'm trying to think. The next one, you meet up with the Water Tribe guy. I think that's the third. No, the next one's the Fortune the next Teller. Next one is Aunt Wu. Yeah. Yeah, Aunt Wu, and they're like figuring the fortune. That's kind of like the Great Divide, the filler of this quartet. Then you meet up with uh, yeah, Bado. it's like Ang's love story episode. Yeah. Then you meet up with Bado of the Water Tribe, where Ang gets jealous of Katara and him having a father-like figure, their father's friend, because they're missing their pops. And then the last one is the Deserter, where you meet one of the. I guess I can say it now because, like, this is the first time we meet him. Um, and if, if you listen to this rewatch, you've probably watched Avatar. And if you haven't, well, I'm gonna say it, but you're meeting for the first time a White Lotus member. You've already met one, and I've said how this was important in the future with Iroh. But this is the first non-Ira White Lotus member you meet in Zhang Zhang. But we'll get to that. That's in episode 15, uh, The Deserter. So the Blue Spirit, this is probably the most important episode. This is where Katara and uh, Soka are trying to get well, they're sick. back. Yeah, they're sick. They're trying to get Aang's trying to get them slugs to keep them, keep them together. He frogs, has to go, frozen frogs. Yeah, frozen frogs, not slugs. He goes to this place to get them. The fire people find him. Zhao captures him. And there's no one to save him, so it's like, who's going to save Aang? All of a sudden, this blue spirit saves Aang. But who is the blue spirit? None other than Zuko. And, of course, Zuko's saving him for his own personal reasons because he doesn't want Zhao captured. But this is the start of Aang saying that maybe we could have been friends. Maybe we could be friends. It's a little foreshadowing of the future of can Aang and Zuko ever get along. And this is the... This is the start that, you know, that start that. Yeah, Dave Filoni killing it with another episode here where we get a lot of really fun action with the Blue Spirit and his double swords and Aang yep. doing some airbending stuff and getting out of the the Fire Nation base. Essentially, um, Aang and Zuko just beating some Fire Nation people alone and Zuko with no firebending. Shows how trash uh, Zhao and those people are. Are we sure they would have escaped without Zuko having to use firebending? I don't know. Like, there's one episode in this cluster, I'm pretty sure, where Aang is like fighting Zhao and he's like, man, like I didn't expect you to be as worse than Zuko. Yeah, no, that's in The Deserter. Zhao yeah. is trash, bro. Zhao is way worse than Zuko. And we see that because through this episode, Zuko doesn't even use firebending. He just uses these double swords, badass blue spirit. And then he, they end up saving uh, Sokka and Katara. They get unsick. Yeah. But then, yeah, so like the whole scene that you're talking about is when uh, Zuko gets knocked out from an arrow or whatever. Aang discovers that he was the blue spirit. And, you know, when Zuko wakes up, Aang's just kind of sitting there and he goes through like this. I, you know, he goes through saying, yeah, like I, I had so many friends in the Fire Nation when I was growing up. I feel like we could have been that. And of course, Zuko doesn't take to that. But you do see uh, a clip later on in that episode where they're kind of gazing out into the, to, to the sky of like, you know, because Aang's like, 
they ask Aang if he met any new friends, and he's like, no, I don't think I did. And then you see Zuko's flash, and he kind of looks at the Fire Nation flag and then turns away from it. So it's kind of the that first in the inclination where Zuko's starting to think, you know, maybe the ways of the Fire Nation aren't really aren't the right. proper ways. Yeah. Espe- no. You know, especially from what he saw with Aang getting captured, too. Yeah. Uh, he, he, we know from the Fire Nation, like, war room debacle that he had that he kind of does doesn't seize like the the power that the imbalance of power within the fire nation where people are just making decisions based on whatever and uh that's kind of what Zhao does in the very beginning where he like he gets a letter he's like oh you're the admiral now he's like okay well my suggestion on what i want to do with the avatar is now my law and i'm going to do this or whatever and he kind of sees like that's not right and then he saves avatar and then he you know kind of gets challenged and now he's starting to think like maybe the fire nation isn't all that like I said, the last Avatar is a reflection of people. Uh, uh, the, the new Avatar is always a reflection of the old, where uh, Sozin and Roku were friends and then became enemies. Aang and Zuko start off as enemies that slowly become friends throughout this series, and that's something that is going to happen. But this is without this episode, that, that does not happen. This was the start of it. Episode 14, we see Aang, Soka, and Katara come across a village that's dependent on its resident fortune teller who has reliably predicted uh, its, its future for generations. But that shit ain't always accurate. This was straight-up filler. Nothing really, ha- nothing really crazy happened in this except the start of the, the... Well, not the start. It started already, but the continuation of the Aang crushing over Katara and Katara not not receiving Aang quite yet. It ain't time for that. Yeah, the only cool thing is that when Aang's like fighting the volcano, you get some really cool airbending moves that you know you show that how powerful he is as like an, an actual airbender. Um, and you kind of see a glimpse of his potential of power without being in the Avatar state. Yep. I mean, that's a, that's a stretch just trying to give like a positive to a, <laughs> that's a it, slow man. episode. F, F Madam Wu, that little girl that Aang just puts his hand like, get out of here, little girl. <laughs> F all of that. Uh, next episode, we get Aang acts childish. And that was one of those those episodes, just to go back to the fortune teller, one of those ones when I was a kid that was like, all right, this was whatever. But as an adult, it's like, all right, bro, let me get let me get through this. It has nothing to do with stories, just there for like an extra episode for to to save them some time before they have to do stuff that actually needs to happen. Like Bato of the Water Tribe, the deserter. And like, honestly, the last episodes, uh, that was the last filler of the, of, of book one is yeah. the fortune teller. Cause everything else is important. So the next episode, Aang acts childish during a reunion between Soka, Katara, and a longtime friend, fearing that Soka and Katara will de- desert them. Aang betrays them. Doesn't give uh, Bato the location of their father, where he is. But Bato can find it anyway because Aang remembers where it is. They tell him. And then I forget something important happens from this. I feel it's just that they know where their father is. Like that's like the important thing of the future. They know their father's still alive. And if they can call on him, they can go help. But Bato tells them that they're doing the right thing for helping the Avatar get to the Yeah, next something place. like that. Yeah, I think that, that that thing that's pretty much it. It just shows that like the water tribe, the water tribe is, is, out, is there. out there. Yeah. And it's like, they're out there if you need them. Like there's more important stuff that comes with them later. But like, this is the, like I said, book one is the start of a lot of stuff. That's the start of that. The, the Sokka and Katara's father storyline starts here. And the final episode, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, Aang and the others slip into the fire nation so you can observe firebending firsthand, but their plans go quickly wrong and they must seek refuge. Aang is 
goes to Zhang Zhang, uh, like I said, one of the members of the White Lotus, to teach him firebending. Zhang Zhang tells him he's not ready. Aang's like, nah, bro, I can do this. Zhang Zhang tells him the story of one of his old students. Aang's not listening to none of that. Zhang Zhang's like, keep this fire burning. And he's like, whatever, bro. And then Aang still, like, makes a fireball, starts firebending, then burns Katara. And Sokka tackles him like, you burned my sister! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you Sokka, I could beat... got healing ability. Are, are we sure Aang couldn't have beat Sokka's ass right then and there? Like, don't tackle me, bro. Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Obviously, I'm upset. But, yeah, we find out Katara has healing ability. She heals herself. And we this is where Aang is like, I'm never going to do firebending again, which sets the precedent that firebending is going to be the last bending he learns. This is where you know... This is the first time he failed. Well, even like, Zhang Zhang says that he, it's very it important be. for him to know about water and earth before he gets yeah. in the fire, just for the balance of like knowing bending. True. No, 100%. Yeah. And then we find out that Zhao is Zhang Zhang's student that could never learn control. Zhao is just about destruction, but he doesn't learn how to truly firebend. And I think that's a good reflection. Everything we see of firebenders who don't have control is. They're all about their emotions. They're not about the actual control and the and how fire is about breathing and it's a living life form. Besides, like Uncle Ira, that's the only one we see really until the last book when Ang and Zuko, funny enough, relearn firebending because Zuko, yeah, his, his his behind his bending is is a lot of emotion and they have to relearn the real ways. And that's what Zhong Zhong was telling them early in this episode. So we see yeah, foreshadowing. So heavy foreshadowing, for sure. Heavy, heavy foreshadowing. Because, like, every and he, he, down to the fact that he was like, take a wide stance, breathe. That's what the freaking dance is that they had to do. And, like, Zhang Zhang was trying to tell him if Aang would have listened, maybe he could have learned it in book one, but he didn't have the discipline. He was still a kid. This is more of Aang having to put away these childish behaviors because book two is going to be a shit show if he acts like this. He realizes that he has, his actions have repercussions. Yep. And and that, that's important. all book one, bro. It's all just like your actions have, have like repercussions and, and you have responsibilities. Heavy repercussions. Yeah. Yeah, heavy responsibilities. Ooh, um, the next four we got is the final four of book one. Yep. Final four. So we'll do the Western Air Temple. The um, Northern. And then, and then all the, the water Northern bending, Water yeah, Tribe the Northern, stuff. The Water Mending Master and then... Part one and part two, the season finale of uh, of uh, uh, of season one. one. Yeah, book one. I'm tripping. Yeah. But you guys won't get that that next week because we're going on break. But we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Let's get on the Five Bloods review. All right, yo, Spike. Okay, this movie was good. Was it better than Black Klansman? No, Black Klansman just like ended up. I think Black Klansman's pacing was better than this. Yeah, I agree um, with that. But there was definitely some really cool storytelling that was involved with this movie. Yeah, I, I like Black Klansman a little bit more, but I really did enjoy The Five Bloods. I well, thought- I mean, like Black Klansman is a movie that was nominated for an Oscar, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if The Five Bloods is an Oscar-nominated worthy picture, but it's definitely good. It's probably the best movie I've seen that was Netflix developed this year. Yeah, look, I think Spike Lee, if he'd have took out some of the cuts to present day stuff and made it more of a through line, would have been a little bit better. But I really enjoyed this movie. It's basically a story of these four friends going back to Vietnam, these Vietnam vets to go 
get the remains of their friend who died and find this goal that they buried. And it's about their adventures and them going through it and dealing with life and how they dealt with life, dealing with PTSD, opioid addiction, alcoholism, and just regret from all of them. I think Delroy Lindo had a great performance. That's Paul. And Paul's son ends up coming along, who's Jonathan Majors, who I, who's David, who's a really, really good character. They have good moments in there. We see, oh boy, Paul Walter Hauser in and the other, and the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the two racists from uh, Black Klansmen come back as like these tech operators. I was like, oh, this is dope. They're here. And they meet him in Vietnam. And it's basically, they end up seeing him later in the movie. Um, some other stuff in this movie. One of the scenes that really just had me taken away is the scene where they come back, where they're, where they're going through the woods. They find the gold. I mean, they're going through the jungles of Vietnam. They find the gold. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Majors... Well, before Jonathan Majors does it, their friend tells him about his life. He's like... Because they're, they're they've been fussing. Like, they fussed at Otis about it being an opioid guy. They've been fussing at Paul this whole time about how Paul needs help. And we've seen Paul's PTSD strike before, like when he was on the boat, them going to uh, the jungle about how this guy was talk, trying to sell him chicken. And he was like, nah, I don't want to buy no chicken. And they just kept pressing him. And it just, it, it gave him an anxiety attack. But when their friends tell him about how he doesn't have money, how he lost it all, he ends up stepping on a mine. His body explodes and they show it. And I was just like, oh, that's so crazy. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Major steps on a mine. And you're like, oh my God. Like that was, that was in due. That's what a thriller that, that was like the one of the most thrilling moments it, I've seen in a long time. I, I paused pretty close to around before, right before that happened. And it was about halfway in. So like, it's almost like the first half is like the lead up to that. You know, that's when the shit hits the fan kind of like deal. Climax. But like when I, Saw him hat well uh, with Jonathan Majors, David character when he met the French chick, and you they figured, were having yeah. the conversations. I was like, "Oh, someone's stepping on a freaking mine." <laughs> like, Yo, shit, but I was ready for someone. I was ready that whole time they were walking in the jungle before they time- stepped on a mine. I was ready for them to either step on a mine or get blasted, like just in the face. Like anytime any of them walked off, a lo- I was like, "Oh, he about to get shot." Oh, like, no. My- <laughs> It's my girlfriend common. got annoyed because, like, when they first were starting to find the gold and they were, like, you know, they're doing things oh, with the metal the detector. I thought the fact, I was like, yeah, the- every, t- every time they found, like, another like another beep, beep on the uh, thing, I was like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> it's coming. It's, it was definitely coming. Oh, man, this film just touched on a lot of good stuff. It touched on, like, how we treat how we treat black vets, how we treat vets in general post-coming back, with them having PTSD and us not really taking care of them. It, it, it was... It was how it how, how um, African-Americans were dealing with what was happening in America while being while in Vietnam. Vietnam. Like, yeah, that, that was, was big. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't expect that, and that was, that was crazy to me, them fighting for the country and then finding out Martin Luther King died crazy uh that was a good moment with uh chadwick boseman how did you like chadwick boseman's character storm and norman he was because they this film and when i, I like his character i just didn't like the way that they went about the um the, the flashbacks so you didn't like the flashbacks i just didn't like that they didn't just bring in new actors like i, oh, I just okay. didn't well, believe didn't, like okay. these old dudes well, see, and that, that's what my girlfriend said. I just said they probably didn't have enough budget to do anything about that. So, I, so. I, I just suspended my disbelief and accepted it. 
and that's why I dug the flashbacks. But if there's any, if anybody says they didn't like it because of the characters, I'm not mad at that because they did keep the age of all these old dudes. And it's like, bro, these old dudes couldn't have definitely done this back then. They were de- they were obviously younger. They should have definitely got a, a, a young cast to be those old dudes. I can agree with that. I dug the flashbacks with Storm and Norman. Storm and Norman setting this precedent for Paul. And then when you find out why Paul so traumatized is because he accidentally shot Storm and Norman. And that's why he's been traumatized. Can't love his son. But that's no, ex- that's no exception for that. And that's why I think he ends up meeting his defeat and dying. He's like, he, he just can't. He has to just go. Because as much as he hates Vietnam, Vietnam is where he died originally. And he has to die here where Storm and Norman died or he won't be complete. Like, that's where he had to go. It was just super, super sad. Freaking, did Otis die? No, Otis survived. Otis survived. Did the no, because people- he had his arc with his daughter. Yeah, Otis survived. Otis is the only one who survived. Who yeah, let- the, I- the Otis the was the big only guy. one who let go of the past. Mm. Kind of. Well, uh, the big guy, the, past, the big guy kind of let- is- The big guy yeah, just big- sacrificed himself on that grenade. Which, which he, which was, um, a- Flash, or it wasn't flashback, but it was a uh, storyline point because in the earlier part of the movie, they were like, oh, you know, forget Rambo. That's not like a good story about Vietnam War. They should have done the story about this one, you know, African-American soldier who like dived on a grenade for his people or whatever. That guy who did who did that later on said, oh, I, that was not me. I would never do something like that. Oh, and he did it. Oh, real. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even catch that. That's a good that's a good catch. Yeah, good movie, man. I enjoyed it. I'm trying to think of some other stuff that was just striking in the movie. I didn't really like the stuff where he was going to get TN. That was whatever. The shootout with uh with Destro or whatever his name is, the French guy, that was good. I thought the confrontation where the French dude and Paul are talking in the beginning and he's like, France was a bunch of pansies. And he was like, nah, bro, everybody had their problems. Everybody did their thing. And he was like, well... Long live the USA. And then at the end, when the when the French guy comes with Paul's Make America Great Again hat and just walking in, it's just like, oh, shit. And the French is like, viva la France. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the use of the MAGA hat was good. It became like a character. It made it like, it made it a more well-rounded movie. It showed that black people are more than just one one note. It shows that they're more just one tone. There's some, Paul was, Paul was this idea of, and I, and I watched an interview with Spike Lee where he talked about it. Paul's this idea of, if you're going to understand why somebody voted for Trump, it's Paul's this idea of constantly getting fucked and not understanding why you're constantly getting fucked. And you've seen Republican after Democrat, Republican after Democrat, and you're constantly getting fucked. Your people's constantly getting fucked. Why not take a chance with this clown and just see what happens? Yeah, I mean, for him, it was about his own personal self-interest where he was like, yeah, you know, I." for him, it was the wall deal. So, like, he was one of these guys that really was for the wall and keep people out or whatever. So like, so you can you keep know, his jobs. Right? So you can keep his like, yeah. So that was his whole idea behind it. But you know, I liked the incorporation of that just to, um, to kind of give like a, a different note to the whole story. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, like know. it just shows people are humans are multifaceted, man. It just shows that like all humans are on one note and it just gives like, it gives a little more complexity to the story. I, I enjoyed that being there. One hundred percent, and then his son being this this Morehouse professor, it just or this guy, this professor who graduated from Morehouse, it just really worked. After seeing this movie, I want Jonathan Majors to be Green Lantern, bro. I do. I'm saying that. I like. I, I got to let that be known. Schubert, I don't know how you feel about it, but like, if it's not I mean, Boyega, throw him in the mix. If it's not Boyega, he this dude works like he's a new face. 
He he kind of looks like John Stewart. I just dig it. And then like with his box cut kind of deal, it's kind of army esque. It could I just feel like if it's not Boyega, it's got to be Majors. I don't know, man. By the time we get a Green Lantern movie, it might be my boy who plays Miles Morales. <laughs> oh, you talking about yo? No, it can't be that. That dude, that no, bro. <laughs> fucking uh, from the fucking from the Get Down, bro. That guy. No, from uh, what's his? He was in that. No, movie. he's in the Get Down. Dope. Yeah, he's he's in the Get Down too. He's the Kung Fu kid. Oh yeah. Fuck that dude, bro. <laughs> no way, bro. That dude's not GL material. John, when I saw Jonathan Majors, I knew Jonathan Majors. I said, I, I looked By at him. By the time we get a Green Lantern movie, Jonathan Majors will probably have gray hair. <laughs> Maybe. Now, that's Green not, hair. that's a possibility. I just, I just saw Jonathan Majors. I was like, that's Green Lantern material right there, boy. I, li- I liked what I saw. But we'll see. I also thought that the scene where Jonathan Majors is reading a note from his, from uh, Del Rolindo, we find out that his mom died, like the whole situation when he's telling the girl, Haiti, about how his mom died. I thought that was super powerful and how Paul just, blamed him for everything it was just constant blame and he didn't feel like his dad loved him and i guess at the end he can his dad tell him he loved it matter but like his dad told him he wasn't his shit like he hated him his whole life like twice in this movie but some of us could say his dad was sick complicated father relationship if you're haiti are we sure after this dude's dad did all of this are we gonna bang jonathan majors <laughs> like like if you're haiti that girl are you getting with jonathan majors after all this <laughs> are we i don't sure? think that happens yeah you don't think that happened me either she started the sepco fund <laughs> they all got yeah, paid too. she i mean she made that statement like early on in the movie or whatever i kind of believe that for sure where she was like yeah i wouldn't Blah, blah, blah. See, I don't see. I, but I mean, like, even after all that. But I mean, like, you know, her her side, or you know, her uh, her f- friends with benefits guy gets. He was jealous. Up. He was he was jealous, and he said that he said that that dude. Do you still want to bang him, Haiti? And like, I knew that girl fell for him. It's just when she said that, was she saying it out of spite? Was she saying it out of truth? And then, like, well, at the it, moment, she probably believed it because, like, probably, they were prisoners. But then, at the, then. but then, at the end, she felt the whole story. I don't know, man. She might have got with old John Majors. Who knows? Maybe not. I don't know. Love, lovers lost, but that was a good little I'll, story. I will line. say, I was like, the are we sure that the, these old men are able to pull this recoil from these assault rifles? Oh, <laughs> and and keep hitting these dudes in the head <laughs> in the final gunfight. <laughs> yeah, that's an are we sure moment for sure. Oh man, poor Viet, yo, V or Vien, whatever his name. Vien caught a shot to the arm. Oh, I guess he survived. He survived. He survived. Yeah, he survived. Okay, but he asked for none of that. He thought these dudes were just doing a normal trip to get there. I always laugh that like you know the the Vietnam guys. Whenever someone got shot, they're like, "Oh, it's a through and through. You're good." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they're fine. And he was like, well, Jonathan Major, stop stop being a pussy. Suck it up. Suck it up. It's in your leg. He's like, bro, this shit hurts, bro. Well, and even like uh, with um, the guy in the mine, like they're so calm about it. And like they just like started acting like. Yeah, um, they didn't they didn't react. But that's because of war. That's where they felt comfortable. Whereas normal people are just like, oh, God, that's just crazy. And the dude's just crying and you see his butt. Nah, bro. <laughs> that was hard to watch bro. yeah that was super hard to watch that was really gory that was that was like and i watch gory shit i watch like hostile saw i watch anime super gory shit that took a whole nother level that was like real like because at that moment in the movie you're so in, enveloped in it and from for a period of the movie it's like are people gonna die are people gonna die 
And at that point, they kind of made me believe it's not that type of movie. But then I was like, what else are they going to tell? And it's like, no, here's the crescendo where everything goes downhill from here. And it just happened. It's just like, oh, shit. After this dude just told his truth. Jesus. Just that was wild. Up. Oh, man. But yeah, no, this movie was solid. I give it a solid 3.9, 3.8 out of 5. Solid. Yeah, yeah. A 3.9, 4, whatever. Yeah, 4, I mean, like I, somewhere know. around there. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I think it's, uh, like I said, the best thing I've seen that's a Netflix original this year. Might be the best movie this year, bro. Nah, that gentleman, I think, is still the best yeah, movie. Yeah, the gentleman over it? Interesting. I I don't know, man. I think Delroy Lindo, though, best male actor for sure right now. I got him. Uh, who who from the gentleman you giving it to? Not McConaughey. Um, that black McConaughey. Dude, that, that, that Paul did a good I, job, especially all I those speeches. He overacted think, on some notes. He did. Well, it, it just depends good. on, like, how you're going to categorize, like, who was the lead in that. And, like, because I feel like the gentleman had good supporting actors. I, I agree with that. I think the gentleman could win supporting over this, even though, I don't know, Jonathan Majors was great. I'm, I'm kind of giving it to Majors. And you could give the best picture to the gentleman, but I'm giving best lead supporting and lead to Delroy Lindo and Jonathan Majors. No, not about all that. Jonathan Majors was so good, bro. I believed it. I loved it. That dude had me captured, bro. Like I'm, I'm a big fanboy now. No oh, man, I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't get that from him as Damn. much as I did the older, the older cast of guys and Chadwick. But see, the uh, the older homies, maybe it's because I knew them from The Wire that I just was like, oh, these are The Wire homies. Because the uh, Otis is a detective in The Wire, like a main detective, and the, the I, I hate that we keep calling him a fat one, but. The chubby one was a politician from The Wire. And, like, he's okay. a skis ball in that. So when he was saying skeezy shit, it was just funny. So, like, I... The, the they, only other thing I knew... They just played their uh, Wire characters, honestly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I couldn't see the dude who the, who blew up on the mine. Oh, the yeah, I didn't know who him. Eddie was. I, I haven't seen he him was in from anything. Scandal. He was in Scandal? Yeah, he played one of Olivia's flames, Edison. Oh, real. Don't remember. Not a big scandal guy. That's he. Yeah. And that's why Delroy Lindo and Jonathan Major stood out to me because those two dudes, I just thought they were whatever. Chadwick was good, but I'm not giving, I'm not giving Chadwick no Oscar for that. Well, shit. I mean, like, that, he was the, one of the bigger selling points of, of the movie when it was like announced, but he didn't have much to do. Much to do. But I did like them, him pulling, and I know I keep, I, I keep saying Tarantino, but it's not like he Spike did it his own way. But when he went to, 16 millimeter and he made it look like the uh like the like you know how once upon a time in hollywood when they went back to the old cowboy tv shows they put it in black and white how this was like yeah. old vietnam mash type deal he put it in that 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 sepia tone almost i really like that in the flash it just made it made it feel authentic so good good on spike man like i must say after chirac spike has put out some hits black Klansman and the five bloods both very very good movies and probably agree, yeah. up, up there in his pantheon so I am I'm sure. happy with that from Spike. But yeah, man, that's all I got on the five bloods. Yeah, that's uh, everything that we got for today. Um, like Lyndon said, we'll probably take a week off for yeah, Father's man. Day because we well, usually Father's record Day, on Sunday. And I think I'm going to the beach. So I, I'm taking, I think I'm taking my vacation. Bros who, bros who thinks putting out 150 this week, this week's the 150th episode, and I'm figuring we're giving the boys off next week. Only is going to be out... While, if I can get me and Chris to pre-record anime talk, that'll be out next week. Uh, and I'm going to have a, a extra YouTube content that I'm going to put out because we have a new show premiering called Run It Back that by the time you got, well, 
it, by the time you guys hear this, it'll premiere the next day where we review in-depth movies of, right now we're just doing anime movies, but pretty soon me and Schubert will have some running back episodes where we review older movies and that'll be the platform for that. This week we're reviewing the anime classic, Your Name. Bro, when I tell you I haven't seen an animated movie hit me like that in a long time, that movie was a lot. Like, that movie was amazing. Don't look up anything about your name, Schubert. Don't look up anything right well, now. Is, I just want to know if it's, like, the dude who does all the other movies. It's not Miyazaki. It's the new okay. one. His name is Shinkai. He, the critics have called him the new Miyazaki. And he was like, nah, bro, don't put that on me. But he is, the, he is that dude, man. This movie's fucking amazing. If you get a chance to watch your name, you should. Be sure to check out our Run It Back on Tuesday. Me, Chris, and Hastic did that sh- episode. Super, super dope episode of a show. I'm really, really proud of what we, what we created. Um, also, like I said, the 150 episode of the Bros Who Think podcast, that's this Thursday. Super proud of us. 150 episodes. Thank you to everybody who's listened. We're going to... We're almost at 100 real- here. I mean, this we're is 92. Almost, we're 92, brother. We're almost here. We're going to have a 100 episode special here. We got 150 this Thursday. Other than that, the week we're off, I'm going to have a top five. We're premiering this where we do top five moments of different anime. I'll probably do it for live action too, but for right now, it's just anime top five moments. And I haven't decided if I'm going to do top five moments of Doro Hidero season one or something else. Probably going to do that because that just came out. But you can follow me at LimbyWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think and be sure to check out uh, the website or follow us on Twitter for all information on stuff coming out. But we won't be here next week. We'll be here. We'll be back the week after. Taking a week off. Yeah, the one thing that I know that you wanted to say something about um, that I've been watching all day is uh, One Piece now on Netflix oh, for people yeah, who want to check watch, out. Yeah, check out One Piece. You, you, you'll get up to the Alabaster arc, so that'll give you a, a little taste of One Piece. And if you enjoy it, you can switch over to Hulu and catch up pretty far. You'll have to switch again, but you know we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when Schubert gets to the Hulu aspect. I'll tell you where you can switch to VRV or Funimation to catch up, but yeah, yeah. One Piece. Schubert, don't say the name of the character. Schubert's been mispronouncing that dude's name all day. Do not say that on air, bro. Don't I've only bo- I just started watching today. <laughs> oh, that's just hilarious. But yeah, man, solid, solid time talking movies with you as always, my brother. Yeah, so you can um, find me on Twitter and Instagram at hubert 14 um, and make sure that you check out the new show as well as everything else that we're doing this week. Um, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with more getting closer to actually having movies in the theater. So in we'll our pitch and match, they're being scheduled right now. Everybody's ready to come battle. For sure. Yeah. It's, um, I can say the first match is going to be Nola Pell's Reddit versus Charles. As long as it's not me. No, it's, you're the second match. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that, that works. You versus Jake um, Madison. But yeah, so we'll get to all that um, in the coming weeks and months. So stay tuned for all that. And especially everything that's uh, coming to the slate with movies. Hopefully we'll get some news. Um, But I mean, I I think it's just no one wants to announce any new movies that are being developed because we're like, oh, we got all this other stuff that we got to get out. We got to deal. We got to see if we can even film this. Yeah, I mean, we got to, yeah, we got movies that are still trying to be filmed right now. So, exactly. Some of them are getting back, so that's good, but some of them haven't yet. So, we got to see. We'll see. Um, But yeah, so that's everything for this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Hope everyone out there 
stay safe, has a good week. And as always, keep binging.